0: Hi, I'm George Kaltsudis, illustrator and comic artist, and you're listening to the DCAU Review hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at dcaureview.com and on your favorite podcast app. I am Vengeance.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another bonus episode of the DCAU Review. I am Liam, and with me, as he always is, is Cal. Cal, we are back with another bonus episode talking about the ongoing Justice League Infinity comic. We're talking about issue number five this month, and uh, we are continuing to unravel this deepening multiversal mystery that is afoot uh, that we see our post Justice League Unlimited Justice League dealing with here.
0: That is right. We are beginning to put together the pieces of the cracked mirror, or should I say the mirror cracked. That's right. Uh, because this is, uh, again, part five of The Mirror Cracked, um, which was at one point called The Cracked Mirror by accident, uh, according to a uh, writer on the, the, the book, J.M. DeMatteis, who said that there was some confusion and the title was incorrect So, for the first couple issues. So here we are, the part five of The Mirror Cracked, and uh, we get uh, basically some, some filling in some of the, the blanks here. This felt... Uh, as far as issues are concerned i thought initially last week felt like a little bit of a filler or last month's uh, mm. issue felt like a little bit of a filler we had this whole storyline with wonder woman on this alternate apocalypse and darth dark side i almost call him darth side dark side <laughs> uh, being in love with that earth's wonder woman and avenging her death but also the anti-life equation causing all of this devastation and then the anti-life equation manifesting as Hades and, or not Hades, yeah Hades, right? Uh, mm-hmm. it, yeah. So it, it was it was a very like side questy. If you're a if you're a gamer, it was like a side quest that's like, all right, this is this is not pivotal to the story. This was just like let's pad the runtime here. Let's pad the play pad the play time here. You know, let's <laughs> add some quests on here for the uh, for the player. A bit of a
1: side quest, yes. Yeah, yes,
0: for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, but. Yes. I, I thought that about last month's issue. This month's issue is a lot of filler. It's a lot of filler because it's a lot of punching. Now I will say it's great because mm-hmm. the people being punched are all Nazis. So that's great. It's always yes. good to see a Nazi get punched in the face. Um, we, we support that here at the DCAU. <laughs>
1: controversial, controversial uh, to yes.
0: say. So. Unfortunately, somewhat controversial to say. <laughs> Big, yeah, we're we are we are okay with that that being a thing, um, but uh, yeah, but this issue fills in a little bit of the blanks as to how Superman ends up at the end of the last issue, showing up on this alternate apocalypse uh, to to rescue Wonder Woman and uh, to transport her back across universes. To hopefully get back to our uh, earth one or earth proper or our standard dcau earth whatever you want to call it uh and uh we kind of along the way here as as this as superman arrives on this apocalypse with uh the rest of earth d's justice league in in tow uh, to, to sort of rescue wonder woman and get on their javelin they begin traveling back across the universe we get Most of the issue is actually narrated by Earth D's Martian Manhunter, which is interesting because it's a sort of mirror. Imagine that. It mirrors uh, some of what we saw in the earlier issues as uh, our Martian Manhunter was narrating a great deal of things. So this, we get a perspective of their Earth's Martian Manhunter and... He, believe it or not, is also responsible for guiding their javelin uh, using his brain. So as they're sort of traversing the multiverse, attempting to get back to Superman's Earth, our Superman's Earth, Superman actually regales the tale to Wonder Woman, uh, just how he ended up with this group of, uh, of Justice Leaguers from an alternate dimension.
1: That's right. So yeah, we uh we after we get to Wonder Woman reuniting with uh with her Superman, so to speak, we get uh, her meeting the uh, the rest of the Earth D Justice League, and we find out that they have their own sort of super javelin that is also piloted by their Martian Manhunter, and uh, we get uh, we get a little bit of interaction between Wonder Woman and, and Superman, and then Wonder Woman and the the Earth D uh, Wonder Woman. But uh, then, then we go straight into the flashback. We, we sort of see the Freedom Fighters still being very uh, distrustful of the, of the Earth-y Superman. But uh, the, uh, our Superman is sort of able to put that at rest and, uh, and, and gets them back on the same page. You know, Superman, uh, our Superman, we'll just keep saying that that way, I guess. Clark. <laughs> perhaps I should just call him Clark because the other one, though I don't believe we've gotten a real name for him yet beyond Cal, uh, uh ironically you know not this uh, case. Is, right no cow with a k um uh you know, it s- seems to think well we know that the multiverse is coming apart and uh and maybe that we need to focus on this and, and not worry so much about this 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 fascist nazi world that uh, that they're currently on but uh but earth d's superman uh Reminds him that uh, whatever happens to the multiverse, that the people of this earth that they're on need, uh, need still need saving and, and uh, mentions that he would never pass up an opportunity to punch a Nazi. So, uh, and uh, yeah, from there, it's, it's, uh, and we'll certainly get more into this in visuals, but it's just several pages of the two supermen, uh, along with the other freedom fighters uh, with Doomsday and, and Metallo and General Zod, Zadista, and um, just sort of tearing through this this Nazi fortress, and they once again run afoul of Brainiac and are able to destroy him. And then they uh, they are met by an army of Vandal Savages, uh, apparently uh, androids uh, made to look like Vandal Savage. And uh, as we find out, there's a reason why he has so many robot duplicates made, which is that in this universe, at least, Vandal Savage has finally begun to age and. Uh, he's uh he's an old man now and is sort of using these robot duplicates to to keep up appearances uh and uh he sort of has this confrontation with the uh, the freedom fighters and 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 the supermen and though he is pretty soundly defeated by this point he does manage to take one last swipe and uh kills general and, uh and that sort of leads to a another really good Superman moment. I think uh, it's mentioned earlier that, uh, suggested tells, tells, uh, Savage that he's, he's going to face justice. He's going to stand trial. And even after he's killed, when, when doomsday wants to sort of take revenge, Superman, our Superman Clark stops him and, uh, and tells him that we have to honor Zod's wishes and that be, if we're going to honor what he fought for that we can't take bloody revenge on on Savage as much as we might want to and instead they must uh, they must spare him which is I think a really great Superman moment
0: yeah it's um, classic it's it's truth justice that's the second mm-hmm. thing in the Superman thing it's truth right <laughs> like you know he needs we need to take we need to serve justice this is it it, it's characteristic that is is uh is impertinent to to be superman you can't can't have superman without there being this desire to to serve justice in a way that is honorable and it because if not he's not superman so yes very very great uh execution of that uh of that characteristic of this this character
1: absolutely and uh sort of as they're sort of wrapping up they all sort of get this strong psychic signal sent to them sort of maybe reminiscent of the one that superman felt in secret origins mm-hmm. um when when his jean jones was trying to reach out to him psychically uh, but the two superman go in and there's actually a really interesting conversation they have uh where where cal cal superman d asks uh this is getting really complicated. Uh, ask, <laughs> ask, ask Clark, uh, you know, do you ever think about or do you ever feel guilty watching people you die, people die while you know you will continue to live on and on? And and Clark tells him, yes, he does. And he sometimes lies awake and ponders what it will be like years from now when everyone he knows is gone and it's, it's a really weird little existential thing to throw in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is sort of, I think, meant to counterbalance when they, when they find who has been, uh, been reaching out to them psychically, which is in fact, this, this world this fascist Nazi worlds. uh, John Jones, Martian Manhunter who has been sort of uh, locked in, in this strange contraption and, and uh, we find was, was being used by Savage to try to, uh, try to manipulate people and using his mental powers to uh sort of in, enforce his will on people but uh, he is able to to break free they are able to free him and he kind of has this these last few moments of, of life where he speaks to uh the earth d martian manhunter and sort of reaches out to him telepathically and uh, and tells him that as the multiverse begins to sort of bleed into each other and as the the walls between dimensions begin to crack he has been able to see who is responsible for all of it and he in fact gives that information to the earth d martian manhunter before sort of fading away and and dying and sort of collapsing into this puddle of goo it's this it's this really the end of this really tortured creature's life and uh and that's sort of where we sort of uh, end up here is as we, we, we go back to the the present as, as Superman is sort of finishing out that story and, and, and telling them. And, and we see that the Earth-D Martian Manhunter has sort of found the source of the, uh, of the problem. And as, as they all arrive where we saw our Justice League. Arrive in the previous issue, uh, we see that our Justice League's Golden Javelin has been destroyed, and we see you know, Hawkgirl, Vixen, Green Lantern, Batman, and our Martian Manhunter, as well as the Flash, are all sort of floating in the ether as uh, we we get to the end of that issue. And so that's a it's a pretty dramatic ending. But uh, as we've kind of been talking about, as I think as fun as it was, and there are some cool character moments. It doesn't feel like we moved the plot forward a ton this, uh, this month.
0: Yeah. It was a little bit of treading water and I, I, you know, it's fun. It's, you know, it's, it, it, we've talked about that. Anytime we do these reviews, we intentionally don't try to be negative. You know, there's Mm -hmm. plenty of places to go for negativity in the world. (laughs) You know, people that want to be critical. Uh, I'm sure you could probably find a podcast or, you know, or, or, you know, people online talking about why they don't like this comic book if you want to. But so we're, we're not ever going to be the people that just absolutely, uh, you know, tear down uh, new new DCAU content. We will we will freely admit that. However, uh, as far as comparison to the previous four issues or maybe three of the previous four issues, this does feel a lot like it's treading water that maybe it was just, Hey, we have a, what is this? An eight issue run or seven issue run, seven, seven issue run. Uh, and we kind of want the last two issues to be a, uh, you know, a two part exciting finale so let's you know let's let's spend an issue where we explain how superman beat up a bunch of nazis that sounds like a fun you know that sounds like a fun <laughs> fun uh story to to tell and like i said there is fun fun had here um you know there's it, it, you get some interesting interactions you know some of that existential uh questioning between the two supermen as we sort of get this interaction between the two of them is certainly fascinating the 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 this version of of martian manhunter also being sort of the who they call the oracle sort of you know this used uh tool for vandal savage to have uh you know have been taking advantage of and uh, abusing is is interesting um and you know again adding another martian manhunter here uh, and getting his perspective on things this we learned a little bit about this earth's Martian Manhunter Earth, these Martian Manhunter was not quite in the same vein as our Martian Manhunter is he actually fled Mars for being like a murderer or something like that he mentions mm-hmm. uh, so a very different origin story than we were used to for our Martian Manhunter so it's interesting um yeah it, it there's some things that maybe maybe we'll make more sense once we get the finale and why this issue was important. But right now it just sort of feels like, uh, this was just kind of there, (laughs) you know, it was a story to tell, um, which is okay. Not everything has to be a, uh, big monumental, um, you know, moment in, in when you have a seven issue run to tell a story. So, but, um, if, if this doesn't end up being more, more, if there isn't stuff that ends up getting connected maybe to this issue, I think looking back at it, we might scratch your head and go, oh, that I don't quite understand the point of that story, but there was some fun Superman punched the Nazis. So yeah,
1: <laughs> always, always fun to have that moment. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think there's a lot more to gleam here from a plot standpoint. There is an illusion as the two martians are speaking to each other that uh the the sort of disfigured martian manhunter is aware of who is behind it all and he sort of psychically transmits that information to the earth d manhunter but we don't we don't see who that is the earth d manager mentions that he's not able to quite decipher all of the information he was given yet so I assume that reveal could be coming in the next issue, whether or not that's just a Mezo at the end of all of this, or as we've sort of hypothesized in the past that there could be another foe uh, at, at the helm here. And I think it is possible since we have now seen three different alternate Martian man hunters, Martian men hunters. I don't know <laughs> um, in, this, in this story. Uh, maybe our ultimate foe, if there is one beyond Amazo, uh, perhaps it is another alternate version of John Jones himself.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting, uh, theory. You, you floated it to me right before we went on the air here. And it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I think it makes as much sense as any of the other things. I think it, it would make, uh, it would make for an interesting story. And I think something that maybe, uh, longtime fans of the DCAU are not looking for. Uh, we're looking for as our main speculation has been, all right, is it going to be dark side? Is it going to be brainiac? And it's interesting because both, uh, you know, James Tucker and J.M. DeMatteis have used those characters already, uh, almost to tell us that, Hey, this isn't going to be the big baddie. These guys have just been pawns or, you know, we'll give you versions of these guys, but it's not going to be one of these two guys. So, uh, that that's as good a guess as anybody, I, you know, it, it would make sense this being such a Martian Manhunter focused story. And, you know, we he's been continuing to have this sort of existential crisis on his, in his own right. Uh, so for him to come face to face with a version of a, a Martian Manhunter that is causing this, um, this sort of rift between all of the interdimensions, uh, maybe, maybe perhaps having the same sort of seeking that Amazo is having. Um, so we get, you know, Amazo seeking to find out his purpose, but, and Jean also is, is, has been this whole time trying to find his own purpose. So would it make sense that another version of John is also trying to find his purpose in place and role uh, in the universe? So yeah, that, I think that, that, that's as good as a theory as I've heard yet, uh, uh, an original one for sure. So Excited to see where uh, where our writers take this in our final two issues here coming up for uh, for the next uh, next couple months.
1: Absolutely, Cal, and that will bring us to the second half of this episode here. where We will be talking about the visuals, the art on display. Once again, we have Ethan Beavers, uh, of course, doing the pencils and the inks, as well as Nick Filardi uh, uh, as the colorist, and uh, we have. AW's DC Hopkins as the letterer and, uh, and Andrew Marina as the editor. Um, yeah. I think there is, as we mentioned, this is a very action packed issue and uh, what there may not be in, in tremendous, uh, you know, plot moving moments. We do get a lot of cool, you know, splash pages of, of the two Superman fighting off these Nazi forces from, you know a great shot of the two of them just sort of flying through the sky with the other freedom fighters behind them to you know these sort of floating tanks that are unle- unleashing these giant artillery strikes against them and they're just flying all the way through them sort of reminiscent of some of those those great battles sequences in the uh, the savage time episodes and and then we we see the the freedom fighters and and super and the supermen fight off the this sort of once again, this sort of strange amorphous blob brainiac that sort of all these individual little little cylinders that come together to form a, a sort of Voltron giant robot, and and uh, the, you know the two supermen and the and the freedom fighters breaking in there, and then I I do really enjoy the uh, the uh, the the army of Vandal savages. I thought that was fun and wacky.
0: Yeah, that is that is a very. Like that whole there, there's this uh, the sequence there where they're first introduced, and they they're sort of this attack uh, formation, and it, it reminds me of some of the 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 issue covers that you would see of like a Justice League in the '60s, or you know a, a Batman sequence in the in the '60s, where you have these characters that are sort of hanging off of the one side of the panel, and they're all sort of. In in this one uh, a- angle towards the the oncoming attackers of the Vandal Savage group, you know, it's a it's a great visual. It's it's a unique perspective that they chose to do for the instead of just doing a straight shot uh, horizontally, it's sort of done on this angle. And um, you know, Ethan Beavers' pencils continue to be uh, you know such a highlight every month. And you know, he I've really come to enjoy his style. I think initially. I uh, wasn't completely sold on while it felt somewhat DCAU. It didn't feel completely DCAU to me just because his characters are a little bit a little bit more expressive, I would say, than what were traditionally shown in uh, DC animation, certainly Justice League animation. It's a little bit more expressive. It's more akin to a Bruce Tim drawn comic or a Bruce Tim drawn. You know, it reminds me a lot of the artwork from Mad Love uh, or, you know, some of the longer stories, the the Batman holiday special stuff that we've seen that Bruce Timm has done in the DCAU. So it's a little more akin to that, where characters are a little bit more expressive. Uh, Eyes, uh, women's eyes are a little bit larger. They're a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. drawn drawn more like pinups in a way. Um, You know, the superheroes are a little bit more barrel chested than you would see maybe in a, in a cartoon, but that makes sense when it's in paper form. But uh, the artwork is, is beautiful. Uh, Nick Filardi's colors, man, he's, he's, he's able to mix it up and make things look so different, even from panel to panel. Um, you know, the, the opening sequence where Superman arrives uh, with the rest of Justice League uh, Earth D uh, and they're, they're kind of interacting with Wonder Woman here. We get this beautiful scape, with like this you see sort of the uh the sky outside of this cliff that they're standing on and then we get this shot of wonder woman the silhouette of wonder woman holding dark sides uh, lifeless body and um then the Very next panel below this is this shot of this Earth D javelin shooting through space and we get all these other additional colors in there dark dark blacks and deep blues and then we get sort of sort of this gradient color of purple to pink that that works really, really well and um, each page I feel like has a different color scheme to it and it doesn't feel like it's ADD in a way it doesn't feel out of place. It feels very much like we're it 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 just fits together, and we're just getting a different perspective almost. Even if we're looking at the same scene, um, the colors changing up doesn't feel so abrupt. I, I think it just gives each panel and each each page its own unique feel, which I really really love.
1: Yeah, I think that is uh, that's definitely the standout work from uh, from Mister Filardi, who I uh, I think. If we're gonna keep our no cussing policy, I can't read uh, the tweet. Uh, he, I, you know, I as as we often do, we we tweet out some uh, a panel from the thing just to let people know that a new issue is out. But uh, in a, in the most PG way possible, he talked about what an honor it was for him to uh, color uh, Superman punching some Nazis, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, he's a he's a he's a great guy, and and it was uh, yeah some really exemplary work there, and yeah once again i think as as great as some of the action sequences are yeah, the the panels and and uh, and, the, and the backgrounds and stuff i think are are some of the best parts and both with mr beaver's art and then you, you got so much so much and an increasing amount of kirby crackle in every single issue here and uh you see that sort of in the background uh, there's there's the one scene where the the two martians are sort of linking minds and you get this very close up. It's very, very. It's it's both very Jack Kirby and very Bruce Tim doing Jack Kirby. A hundred percent. Like Absolutely. this is right out of the the Batman Annual with Etri- the first Batman yep. Annual with Etrigan in it. Hundred percent. Like, it, like uh, yeah. If I if I did not know who had drawn that, I would have guessed this was a Bruce Timm, uh uh panel (laughs) it's just it's so good and 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 again the 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 stark contrast with the the shadows and the and the the blue and blacks behind them with uh for mr filardi's art's great um the the shot of that that sort of grid but you know eight panel or six panel sequence there as as is, is confronting savage and is sort of reading him his rights and telling him that it's over and then we get this. uh the shot of of uh, of um, Savage stabbing Zod, and it's it looks like it's something out of like a Kurosawa film. Like it's mm-hmm. it's Absolutely. you know the nut the the sword going through the stomach, and it's just you know the silhouettes of the two men, and then this this red this bright bright red uh, uh, coloration. It's it's tremendous, and it's so dramatic, and and you really don't see another moment like that. And like you said. How uh, how they were able to sort of shift styles just for that sort of one very stylistic moment, um, I thought was was really incredible. Yeah, so another another really strong issue from uh, from both uh, Mister Beavers and uh, and and Mister Filardi, and yeah, that uh, I think the standout visual for me is just that really deformed, you know, awful looking uh, Martian Martian Manhunter blob of a body as you mentioned he uh he looked a little bit like a Slimer from Ghostbusters but uh, definitely
0: has some Slimer Ghostbuster look there
1: (laughs) but I mean you can see like the one eye is sort of larger than the other and there's like a tear coming out of it at one point when he's talking to Superman and he just it's just the idea of this guy who's been been used and abused for, for perhaps hundreds of years by this point by Vandal Savage and his and it's just, uh, you know, just falling apart physically and mentally, but, you know, is able to sort of hold on and give, you know, reach out to the the leaguers to give them this one last piece of advice before he he fades away. I think that's, that's obviously told in the, in the dialogue of the story, but it's also very much uh in, told in the visuals of just how much he just, he looks like he's in pain. He looks like he is you know completely miserable and just every every moment he's breathing is is terrible nah, I, I, um i don't disagree with you it's really yeah it's really sort of horrific and then sad sad visual and yeah so so overall i think uh, another really strong i think the visuals are um again not not to take anything away from the plot um but i think the visuals are certainly the the number one reason to read this comic this month uh you know overall they, they come together to tell a great story but like we said from a from a pushing the plot forward mom, uh, uh perspective this doesn't necessarily do a ton but uh a lot a lot of great panels and great art on display from uh from mr filardi and mr beavers this month
0: yeah, they did a fantastic job, and uh, you know, as we said, maybe uh, a month where the the story wasn't uh, wasn't as enticing, uh, or you know, wasn't as uh, uh, didn't carry as much, and didn't feel as maybe fulfilling when you get to the final page, but. Uh, just the artwork alone, being able to appreciate that and just just some great hard work that's put into it and just some beautiful colors. And uh, whether you have the physical copy itself or whether you uh, read on digital, uh, I encourage you to uh, get yourself a copy of this, support the artists, support the DCAU, support the writers uh, if you possibly can, because uh, we want to see more. I'm sure if, if you're listening to this, you want to see more DCAU stuff we want to see more dcau stuff and we want to let the let the writers and artists know that we appreciate their hard work uh, that they pour their bodies and 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 minds into on a monthly basis, and uh, and continue to hopefully get more of this stuff. So, yeah, another 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 good one here, and uh, excited Liam as we uh, as we look towards next month as to what uh, the I guess the beginning of the end uh, begins to be here as we kind of arrive as you mentioned on that final scene and the Justice League is sort of scattered here. So, I guess it's safe to assume that they. I hope. I mean, they sort of are floating out in space and there's a lot of human beings there. So hoping there's some sort of explanation as to how the Justice League survived a, a interdimensional crash that allowed for them to be floating. Maybe they're just floating in between universes at this point. I don't know um but uh, yeah whether they've had some sort of b- fight with amazo or whoever the the big bad is behind all of this uh, i guess will will be revealed hopefully at the beginning of next uh, next month's issue
1: yeah absolutely definitely a big cliffhanger as we said as uh, as we sort of leave on that page of the of our justice league just being completely decimated and their ship destroyed and our our little caption for next month's issue is simply a quotation that says for in that sleep of death. So a very dramatic uh, and ominous omen of what could be coming next. But as always, we thank you, everybody, for listening. And we want to hear what you think both of this issue and more importantly, we want to hear your theories on where you think it's going. As much fun as talking about what has happened is fun. It's almost equally as fun to basically speculate about what's going to happen. That's one of my favorite things to do on this show. Certainly, if you've listened to our last couple of uh, episodes here, uh, definitely want to know what you think. You can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram, both places. You can find us at DCAU Review. We want to know what you thought of this month's issue, what you think is going to happen next month, what you'd like to see. And, uh, you know, as we approach the end here, you know, what you'd like to see in a season two as well. Do you want it to be an ultimate big bad? Do you want it to just be a Mezo? You know, what do you want to see? What do you think will happen? We uh, definitely want to hear from uh, from you. So uh, to go ahead and tweet us or leave us a comment uh, at DC review on Twitter and Instagram or of course, you could leave us a comment on our YouTube video. Of course, we do our YouTube version of our podcast that is up on the Pod Tower YouTube channel, where it's not just us; it's also our friends at Tim Talk and the Watchtower Database. Uh, so, but uh, if you prefer to leave a comment on on this uh, this video, if you're watching us that way or watching and listening that way, we appreciate it. Uh, wh- whichever way you'd like to, we definitely want to hear your feedback and uh, what you think is going to happen next.
0: That's right, Liam. I'm excited. Also, don't forget to check out our coverage of Batman The Adventures Continue, which, of course, is running simultaneously, which means we have to record another podcast this week. Uh, Just kidding. They're always live whenever you press play. Uh, But yeah, excited to do that as well. So check out that and check out our standard uh, episode, standard issue, standard episode this week as we cover part two of Batman The
1: Long Halloween absolutely so much content we're doing so many shows on our own we also are might be coming up as guest stars on somebody else's show soon so i mm. we'll have more to uh, talk about once that's released we'll certainly talk about that a little bit more but uh yeah lots lots and lots going on lots of content for you to check out here on uh, whether you listen to us on apple Podcasts, google podcasts uh Spotify, any other podcast app, or of course the Pod Tower YouTube channel. We thank you for checking us out, and like we said, we definitely want to hear your feedback. But until next time, I'm Liam. And I'm Cal. And we'll be back soon with another episode of the DCAU review. Bye-bye.